This week, I speak to Rob Moore, the director and founder of blockchain and open source investigations firm Arrowsgate. Rob, previously of the British Army, speaks about his move from jumping out of planes into open battlefields to chasing criminals, laundering money through blockchain analytics and helping victims of fraud get their funds back. We speak about the state of play, including the sad instances of human trafficking and modern slavery, and how they launder money through various means using crypto assets, as well as considering the sector and how we can clean it up. So I know that you're an investigator um, utilizing blockchain analytics to help trace funds for victims and for use in court. You know, you and I work closely together on, on a number of cases, but I know that you had a massively exciting career prior to that in the British Army. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure we're going to sit here and talk a lot about that because it is obviously all very exciting and I haven't had anybody like you <laughs> no. coming to join me. But can you tell me a little bit about your time or quite a lot about your time? Yep. Uh, in the British Army. Okay. Take us from the start. Let's do it chronologically. Uh, I mean, from a very early age, um, like the age of four, I was, you know, I was going to join the army. Okay. Right? That was it. That was it. Nothing else. Yeah. Army, barmy. Uh, come from a uh, military family, as in a lot of my uncles were in. Oh, really? So I idolised them. Um, and I thought, right, when I grow up, I want to be that. And I, I grew up in the sort of commuter belt um, in Essex to here. Um, and... You know, I saw a lot of people doing the sort of daily grind back in and out. And I thought, I can't think my of My life, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and my life now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but as, a, as a youngster, yeah. certainly in my, my teenage years, yeah. um, I was like, there's no way I'm doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I joined cadets at a young age. Did um, you do CCF? I was in Marine cadets. Marine. I didn't join the Marines, I joined the Army. Um, I'll explain why. Um, yeah. So uh, about the age of 18, decided to go for the process of joining up. Um, and started basic training when I, I, I was 19 at that point. Um, so I was a little bit older than some of the lads there who were like 16, you know, children essentially. Is there a lot of 16 year olds? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really? 16, 17, um, straight out of school, you know, from all different weird backgrounds. A lot of people from up north um, who it was either join the army or go and work in a factory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I decided to join the Royal Corps of Signals, uh, managed to get a trade because um, one of my uncles, he was also in that within a specialist unit within the signals. Um, and it was like, Rob, get a trade. Right? What does that mean? As in you've got something, um, you learn, you've got a skill, right? You've got a skill set. So it's like being an engineer, whatever the adver- adverts, and they're like, become an engineer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, so mine was uh, become a radio systems operator, so a radio operator, right? okay. how to operate radios and that sort of stuff um, in various areas of the battlefield. Yeah. Um, and that was from sort of start to finish through basic training and, and, and then the trade training, it's about a year. Um, I then got posted out to Northern Ireland uh, for a couple of years. What period was this roughly? 99, 2000 to 2002. Okay. Um, I'm not going to be honest, boring. <laughs> you were bored. I'm sure people in the period where it wasn't so boring would have yeah, been exactly. delighted. Yeah, yeah, no, but it was the tail end of everything. <laughs> yeah. So far in the rear, uh, um, it was just yeah, not my thing. So I did uh, what's called P Company, which is the selection for airborne forces, um, which is very, very different. Um, getting thrashed around for weeks on end and then a final test week at the end called P Company. Uh, passed that and then when I, I got posted to 16 Aerosol Brigade, did my parachute jumps course, so I got my parachute wings, um, <laughs> but joined uh, 216 Parachute Signal Squadron, which is a t- part of 16 Aerosol Brigade, so jumping in with the radio, with the parachute regiment. So you're still using radio stuff? It's still yeah, 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 it's all radio Radio stuff, stuff wasn't a waste of time. No, no, no. it was all, it's all, all radios. And that, that's my whole military career was radio. radios. Okay. Um, so I had some sort of technical background albeit um the radios back then were old very old you know so they were old for then yes so you're tuning it in 
uh, and that sort of stuff to try and get it. Not like they are now with all IP based and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, did a couple of years with Airborne Forces. Uh, did the first uh, tour of Iraq with the invasion. Um, was that what? 2003. Yeah. Um, so 20 years ago. Um, okay, that's a lifetime ago now. Um, a very young lad <laughs> then. Um, again, sort of had my first sort of taste of war, so yeah. to speak. Um, it was interesting. I don't get a lot of people sitting there saying they've had a taste of war in their chair. When <laughs> well, war and crypto don't yeah, really yeah. hand in hand, right? Well, you well, say that. You say that. We'll come on to that <laughs> later, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, we will. you say that. Um, then decided to do something a bit more specialist and then spent the last sort of six, six years or so of my career um, doing a lot more fun stuff, shouldn't say. Because um, when you say fun stuff, there, yeah. there's a photo you showed me a little while ago. Yeah. Um, that's not how normal sentences start. Um, <laughs> and you put it up on LinkedIn and it's you sort of like in the back of yes. a plane. Is that a plane helicopter? Yes. Yeah, a Hercules aircraft. Tell us about that. Um, so that was um, parachuting and did it at various heights. So with um, the first type of parachute I did was low level, as low as 600 feet. So you literally jump out, it hopefully opens. Straight away. You've got a matter of seconds before you you don't land, you arrive. Is that the terminology they use? Yeah, which is why I've had a lot of back trouble later in life. <laughs> and a lot of my mates are as well. Uh, knees are shot, you know, that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, it was, yeah, it, you arrive. But you, you get taught how to arrive yeah. at the parachute um, training school in Bryce Norton. The RAF teach you how to fall yeah. and, and roll and that sort of stuff properly. Um, but that was, yeah, low level at night with 88 blokes coming out of the aircraft out of both doors. Um, and some, it's meant to be half second intervals on each side. So you yeah. don't meet at the back. That doesn't always work because I just meet someone <laughs> at the back once. And, uh, quite a lot Painful. And we had to quickly separate our parachutes before we arrived. How does, how does radioing for, for lay people like me, yeah. how does that fit into jumping out the back of planes? Because... The infantry, everyone knows what the infantry does. Yeah. Um, close and kill. But if they can't talk and communicate, they want to know where no one else is. They're not going to be able to you know, call in five or, or liaise. And when you're talking about more than, you know, uh, one unit, with, with the raw signals, the aim is more of sort of the bigger strategic comms. Mm -hmm. So uh, the whole brigade, uh, which is thousands of blokes um, and women, um, but paratroopers are all, all male. Mm -hmm. um, getting onto the, onto the battlefield and be able to communicate with each other and that sort of stuff and be able to coordinate from headquarters. So often we'd be set up headquarters and that sort of stuff, but also have teams forward and all around the place to ensure that um, everything ran smoothly. So you're basically an integral part of the communication system. Yeah, if that breaks down, it all, all breaks down. But you're still carrying weapons? Yes, 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 yes. soldiering first thing, comms second. <laughs> some, some guys, well, some guys sometimes do a lot more of the soldiering and forget about the comms, but the comms is the most important piece, right? Because if you can't yeah. communicate, you're stuffed. You're in a world of hurt. And I don't know whether you can ask, answer this. How many tours did you end up doing? Three. And it was what? Iraq? Yeah, Iraq. Iraq. It was all, all Iraq? Iraq. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did you keep going back? <laughs> I, don't, I didn't have a choice. Because um, <laughs> it was in a bit of a mess. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> to make an understatement. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, came back off my third tour. And that's when I started to consider thinking, right, time to go and grow up and get a proper job. And that up. is a proper job. Yeah. Um, some, some, something a bit more safe. Um, yeah. So got married. Um, How old were you when you left? Roughly? 30. 30, yeah. okay. So I was, um, got married, Mrs. got pregnant. And I was like, mm, okay. Probably yeah. not want to. Yeah, so <laughs> I decided to pull the plug in terms of um, leaving the army, which is, you call it signing off. 
Yeah. Seven clicks on a mouse and you're out. But you're not out straight away. It takes a year to leave. Right. So it's quite From a, the last click, it's a year. Yeah. Yeah. So seven clicks. Right. I'm out. I'm going to go reassemble. Okay. Um, which is the right call to make because uh, three days after my eldest was born, um, I was deployed. So, oh, wow. Right. Right. Yeah. I made the right call. Yeah. Um, Left, and when I left, they did a bit of an, an IT, they do a good, what's called resettlement, to try and get you into Civvy Street so you don't just go being a weirdo and um, they give you some sort of qualifications and that yeah. sort of stuff. But you can pick and choose what you want. You can be a plumber, you can be a telephone engineer, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever you want. So I did, I did an IT course, sort of upskilled myself, because we start, IT started to come into this whole sort of, the raw signals with radios and that sort of things. Um, but so I, I, I literally started with how to build a computer, a PC. And then all at the end, being set up servers and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So all that radio, all the, the, the well, I was going to say radiology, is that the right word? The radio stuff, <laughs> not radiology. Yeah, no, no. Um, all, all, the, all of the stuff that you did with radios and communications, yeah. has, that was your trade. And that's, to some extent, led you to where you are now. Yes. Yeah. I want to go back a little bit because it was a question that I jumped yeah, over. On. So to help us understand sort of the frame of mind when doing these tours, right? Yep. How do you cope mentally? I mean, you're jumping out of planes and helicopters. Mm. What is it? And again, I don't get to ask this question a lot, but what does that feel like? Can you describe it when you're about to, because I think you told me it was, it was the middle of night, you're wearing whatever it is that you're wearing. Hmm. What does it feel like? I mean, for me personally, parachuting, um, at the point until we, you, the red light goes on and it's green light and you're yeah. out of yeah. um, Up until that point to get up to height and that sort of stuff, absolutely cacking it, not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, but everyone else was as well. If you weren't, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, because not just about parachutes, but because it's anything you do in the military. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to say it sounds fun. They take the fun out of it. Because <laughs> it's just very, that well-known thing. Yeah, yeah. Whatever's and, fun. Yeah. Just take, take the fun away. out of it and make it far more dangerous. Yeah. Um, so, but until, as soon as the, the green light came on, switch on, off you go. Yeah. Let's have it. Let's, yeah, we're, yeah. we're going. Yeah. Um, and then it was mega. Now, apart from the few times <laughs> where it went a little bit wrong. Um, but yeah, it was just... And, and being in my, my sort of 20s and that sort of stuff, and it, it, it was something I wanted to do all my life. Yeah. I just loved it. I Did it live up to what you thought it was going to be when you were a kid? Really? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're jumping out of a plane, I assume, and again, you don't have to answer this necessarily, but you're jumping out of a plane, you get shot at. No. Right? No. No? no. Doesn't work like that. <laughs> Shows no, my not, It's not like Band of Brothers, World War II, that sort of stuff. That, that's moved, moved that's all I'm basing it on is the fact that I sit behind the desk all day. <laughs> yeah. So what what happens? You're jumping out of a plane. Mm -hmm. You're not getting shot at. But okay, let's just fast forward a bit, right? Yeah. Again, pardon my ignorance on on what actually happens. But at some point, you're getting shot at. Yeah. Right. What's going through your mind at that point? <laughs> um, <laughs> if that's not an unfair question. You no, know, no, no. And I've I've sort of doc started to document this from my own. And to show my kids and that sort of stuff what, yeah. what dad's done. Yeah. The boring old kid yeah. who sits behind a laptop. Thanks for thanks for um, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one occasion that sort of stuck out is yeah. um, it's feeling the lead horn. It's flipping past you. Uh, all I could think was, "Don't hit me." Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm a young lad. I've got. You'd not get yeah. cricket box. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was all. That's all I cared about was protecting the uh, crown jewels. Yeah, yeah, fair. And I guess you make really good friends when you're in the military as yeah, well, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're the guys you're looking after and you're looking after them. Yeah, some top lads. Yeah. There's also some fruit bats there as well. Some people who probably won't just well to civilian streets. Some of my mates are still in. Really? Uh, still, yeah, they've done 24, 25 year careers. Wow. Right? And they're probably quite high up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and how does it work after that, right? Because you leave the military, what, 
and appreciate that you can tell me some things, but what did you do afterwards? Or is there a gap that we're not allowed to talk about? Um, no, it, it sort of went into the weird and wonderful world of sort of corporate security and that sort of stuff. And then it's trying to trying to work out what, going from the military to the civilian, um, and, and actually it, it's not, you know, worried it's going to be bored. It's not, it's fascinating um, in terms of sort of, corporate espionage and that sort of thing what what people do companies do to each other to try and get the edge uh fraud investigation a lot of that where you know people are up to no good within a firm you know uh, and what how they've and i'm always looking for their mistakes right so what you're you're instructed by i don't know big corporate and yeah. they say go get, are they saying go get dirt on someone else or are you trying to defend is it like yeah a, sometimes it's, it's it, 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 that's probably the again wrong it's word. sort of like tapering down what they've seen on you know the born identity or something or you know just just comes off my head you have to that. understand that all my frames of references are that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's all like right you need to call your jets this is what we can do yeah, this yeah. is legally what we can do as yeah. well like come on we're not gonna go hacking and stuff like that and taking people out you know yeah um this this is reality. So manage expectations, um, and then and then and that sort of stuff. And then from that, I mean, I was doing a lot of sort of you know physical surveillance and that sort of thing. And uh, it realised that actually the power of open source intelligence is huge. You know, if you can get that right, you don't even have to get out the front door. You know, if someone's if the target's given their digital footprint away too much, you don't have to go deploy a team. Therefore, it's cheaper and easier. And, and less risk of not of zero risk, risk of compromise. Mm. So I started to then do more um, open source intelligence courses and training um, to then think, right, I'll just do this myself, right? I'll just start to teach. I've got a bit of a technical background for being in raw signals. Let's bring that into this space and then start researching covertly. What can I get? Um, and that sort of jazz. That thing, I had my first crypto case about three years ago now. Yeah. Which is then they start to go over more. What is this? <laughs> so yeah. I get that journey. I want to talk a little bit more. I want to go back yeah, a bit, right? Sure. Because as, a, as an old friend of mine, Jack, and he used to do, I know him from school, he used to do this mad job. Mm. I'll see what you think of it. He used to, he did war studies at uni. He did a master's in that. And uh, what he used to do was he used to stress test airports. Okay, so yeah, he'd yeah. go in private company yeah. and he would see how much you could get away with and test terrorist spots yeah. and try and break in. Is that the sort of world yeah, you- called, Yeah, it's called pen testing or penetration testing. Penetration testing. So it's trying to sort of look at the uh, vulnerabilities and the weak points. Yeah. Um, do that physically and digitally in this crossover. And I've done a lot of that yeah. where assisting with hacking Wi-Fi and that sort of stuff, but perfectly legal uh, for anyone. <laughs> um, seeing if we can, I can then get the, the guys in the rear yeah. to get in, access in. Um, and again, what can you bluff and blag your way through the security? And that's because that's what his job was. It was mad. And it, yeah. it, it made me feel confident, right? Because of two instances. Number one, he was, I think he was told to go stand by the gherkin, the building at like 4 a.m. Yeah. And just shake a pillar and just see what happened. All of a sudden, apparently police out of nowhere just came and was like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is quite good. And what was the other thing? They, he was instructed to try and buy bomb parts, okay. I think. Yeah. And the police went around to his house and like, knew about that yeah so uh, there's a sort of balance between yeah. privacy online and maybe police monitoring that you're buying certain ingredients to buy a bomb yeah yeah that's the sort of world i get that that's my nearest touch to this <laughs> well i was more corporate in a sense it's like okay um from a cold start what can you do what can you and your team do and it won't be a small team yeah um and it'd be you know a bit of physical but it'd be a lot <clears throat> of digital stuff whereby we're looking for 
you know, did your office put the Wi-Fi password on the wall and then take a picture and put it on Twitter, <laughs> yeah? You know, which is, I think it was one recently where BBC News were, were filming yeah. and in the background it was the Wi-Fi password, so all the nerds are like... <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and that sort of stuff. Um, so it's looking for those vulnerable points for an ingress point and then highlights to say you need to shut this down, otherwise bad guys will do this and we'll get yeah. in and mess your day up a lot. And I guess that's that's the stress testing. Yeah. And then then you alluded to it. You moved into this world of blockchain, cryptocurrency. What yeah. started that? Having a first, um, and the first case wasn't the sort of typical of what I'm doing now, what we're doing. Uh, it was a chap who'd been uh, tricked into this completely false investment. Um, and he was crypto savvy himself, but he basically got tricked into hanging over the private key. And bing. Social bing. engineering style. Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. And it was um, very cleverly done. And the bad guys even hired a, another security firm to do a due diligence report on their cover story, which then slowed down our investigation. And uh. it was just weird, weird and bizarre um, and fascinating. But that was my first sort of, I was aware of crypto, but it was my first, right, okay, what is this? And then how, where has it gone? So then how did you move? Because you are pretty much, I would say, I, wasn't, I was going to say full-time, but you're like, you're one of the guys that I can call up yeah. knowing that I'm going to get the job done, right? So like, how, how have you ended up in this space almost exclusively? I, th I think it's because ju I just keep getting case after case after case after case and then I was learning on the job. You get goodwill, don't you? Like yeah. call Rob again, he's done a yeah, good yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. Call like, him again. I've got to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> keep yeah. doing a good job now. That's right. Yeah. Um, and it's understanding what, the enemy are doing and the enemy being the fraudsters hmm. or hackers um how they're doing it and then have they left any digital footprints you know have they made mistakes and it's down for me to sort of twofold is to follow the funds which mm -hmm. we'll chat about and also <laughs> did they make any mistakes you know if they've if they made any mistakes i'm going to absolutely exploit them what do the mistakes look like Quite conscious of the watching, you know. Yeah, no, um, you know what? Let's let's not ask. Yeah, let's yeah, let's yeah. let's stick to the script before I before I start giving the game away. <laughs> um, so let's let's talk about Arrowsgate, right? Because yep. you set that up relatively recently. Yep. You are the owner, the director. You manage it. Yep. You're the guys that I call when when the time is right. Mm -hmm. Tell us about Arrowsgate. So yep, set up myself. I've got one of the guy Jake who works with me, and I've got a young lad Ben who's a intern who he's at uni at the minute. And he'll, yeah. he'll come over Christmas and, and get back amongst it. He loves it. Um, but yeah, myself and Jake will, will, will predominantly do crypto frauds, but a lot more hacks now as well, as in the investigation's not actually doing it. Um, <laughs> I mean- <laughs> Just doing loads of hacks now. Yeah, it's great. I mean, the crime pays, right? <laughs> yeah, you see, yeah. see how much they make. Yeah. Uh, it's insane. Um, so yeah, conduct the investigation, try and work out what's happened. Um, how did it happen in the first place? And then, so if we talk about uh, a hack to start off with, which I'm seeing an increasingly number of is whereby people have got apps on their phones mm -hmm. and they think, um, you know, there's a saying in crypto world, not your keys, not your crypto. Mm -hmm. right? So if an exchange has got your key. If that goes belly up like an FTX, your funds are gone. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, now some of these apps sort of state that you, you've got your keys, but you can sort of got on applications. You can do a bit of trading and that sort of stuff. And you can see your balance, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You think it's, it's safe. I thought it's not. It's not. Um, what, these rooms with the big exchanges. Some of the big exchanges, you're, you're probably you're probably okay, but I, I would always recommend someone does goes cold. Um, yeah, because I moved all of my stuff off. Yeah, Binance, Coinbase. Yeah, those are the accounts I had. Yeah, yeah. I just have it on a cold storage now. Yeah, 
because um, it depends on their terms as well. I mean, if you yeah. read the terms of of some of the exchanges, it will say, I think, oh, I can't remember what FTXs were, but I think it said that you own the assets and we own the keys or something. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Each, each exchange has different rules. Yes. So sometimes you don't even own the asset that you've bought. Yeah. Like in Binance, you own an IOU. And you're a lawyer and you understand this stuff, but <laughs> average Joe public yeah. trying to read that and yeah. make sense of it. Yeah, um, yeah no chance, right? Um, so with the, the with the hacks, it's having a deep dive into sort of okay, what happened? How did this happen? How did they get the key to move the move the crypto um, onto the mixing process? Um, invariably, it's a mixing process we can dive into in, in, in a bit. Um, what? How did it move? But how did it happen? Who's culpable? Is the platform culpable? You know, did did they make mistakes? You know, yeah. are they some sort of Mickey Mouse outfit? When you start to dig around and see who they're who's running the show on these on these platforms. Um, are they right? got the right accreditations? Are they implementing the right stuff that they're talking about? Um, and have they flat out lied and have statements come out? Yeah, because there's quite a few things, right? There's a different kind of, I was going to say styles, that's definitely the wrong word. There's different kinds of hacks that occur, right? Because it could be that the platform itself has a weakness and has been exploited in some way. Or it could be that someone's interacting with something that is credible, but they've downloaded an app that's given some sort yeah. of pathway in, or they've used, this happens quite a lot. I don't know why it's always Cyprus, mm. but people log into a Wi-Fi in, in Cyprus, and then all of a sudden they get hacked. Yes. There's all these sorts of things whereby you have to figure out, like, to some extent, who's behind it. And if you can't figure out who's behind it, it's what happened to the assets and what's the story following it. Yeah. And whose fault might it be? And it boils back down to my sort of background and being in the military, the Royal Signals, it's fault finding. You've got something's gone wrong. You've got to try and work it out quick because you've got a lot of pressure on. Really quick. Yeah, really quick. Um, <laughs> and sort of, okay, what, what happened? You know, yeah. lift under the hoods and you go, okay, right, I think I know what's happened here. Um, and then come on to the fun part, which is the blockchain analytics. You know, where did it go? Why is that the fun bit for you? It's the hunt. It's hunting. It's almost like live, isn't it? Yeah. For those who, who may not be familiar, right, there's different kinds of software. Um, you use Crystal, don't you? Yes. And the idea is, is you can see on an open ledger these assets moving so you can see it going from one address to another, then it may split, then it may come back. But essentially, you can see it live, right? So that's the exhilarating bit. You can see it move. And if it ends up at somewhere that's centralized like an exchange, that's then the target. Yeah. That's that's my whole hunt hunting process is... Start point, I need the end point as an exchange mm -hmm. to unmask who that person is behind that address. Yeah. That's last, the funds were last seen. Um, you know, you, there's absolutely no way of, of unmasking who the intermediary addresses are unless they were attached to an exchange. It's impossible. So I've got to hunt and try and work out where the funds have gone. Mm -hmm. Also, using Crystal Blockchain, which is fantastic, um, it's the attribution, and that's been fantastic. What does that mean? So what that means is I click on an address, it will then give me a readout of what it's been up to in terms of sending and receiving funds and whether those sending and receiving are attributed to any forms of criminality and you name it, they've done it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a horror story at the moment. Really? Yeah, and that, really who, whose data set is that? Is that crystals or is that? Yeah, they, I mean, they, they get it from all sorts of different places from various law enforcement all around the world and also mm. their own. And I'm assisting um, where I can as well. From the, I mean, but what I'm seeing is I'll have a number of different cases mm. is the commonalities. Yeah. Right. Commonalities ranging from identical scams, hacking groups. Yeah. Which are, uh, you know, certain lot are very, very good at stealing it. Well, I, famously, the North as, Koreans. As the rest yeah. They are yeah. number one yeah. at, at stealing it. Um, and then to 
human, human trafficking, slavery, uh, which are running these scams, uh, especially the, the romance scams. Well, let's touch on that a bit yes, because yeah, it, it, a lot it's something take. that um, the other day I was, on a, I was on a WhatsApp group. It's not one of these Telegram groups. It's thousands of people. It's actually a good, a really, really good one. Uh, it's run by Corby. Corby Hay was a guest on this podcast. Actually, she runs it on the House of Luck. It's yeah. really good. Lots of good debate. And CZ stepped down the other day, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Which he's the, the, the guy who ran Binance for a number yep. of years. And everybody on that group, well, not everybody, that's, that's an exaggeration, a good portion of people were saying how sad it was and what a, what, a, what, a, what a ruddy good bloke he was. And my view of it was that he <clears> might not be. And that actually the funds that were being paid for by him personally mm. and by Binance are essentially money which has been laundered or part of... Uh, human trafficking, child trafficking rings, and people didn't really understand necessarily that side of it and yeah. how that links to certain exchanges. I mean, there, there are the reports by Chainalysis which came out and said that funds are linked to these sorts of yep. enterprises and they do end up at certain exchanges. I don't think any exchanges are clean of it, but maybe you can tell us from your experience how the, the sort of horrible worlds of human trafficking and, yeah. and modern slavery come yeah. into all this. Certainly. So I mean, I, I've seen human trafficking up front um, in personal when I, last year when the Ukraine war kicked off. Yep. I was out there. This is why Jake, who I work with now, um, me and him were out there together uh, with a group of others, a lot of, lot of veterans um, went out to go and assist. And we saw firsthand on the Polish-Ukraine border um, a massive amount of refugees, women and kids coming across um, I mean, 30,000 in one day through one gate. It was insane, mm. the, the sheer volume. And there was no big NGOs or anything like that. You know, there's no Red Cross, et cetera, Oxfam. They'd take so, so long to spin up and get there. Mm. There's a bunch of different random volunteers and that sort of stuff. And there was no real security command and control. The, the police were there. But what I saw straight away was like, why are these guys hanging around with leather jackets and gold chains and that sort mm -hmm. of stuff? And what they're doing, they're basically pimps and traffickers and were, were trying to steal women and kids get them into the sex slave industry. And as soon as they get into a car, bof, off they're, they're, off they're gone. So we were trying to combat that as much as we can physically, but we also put, bought some tech ideas um, whereby we put a, a geofence around a certain crossing and everyone got an alert. So all the refugees and even the traffickers as well will get ping up on their phone. Hey, here are the top tips, human traffickers around, do's and don'ts, um, blah, 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 blah. So I haven't seen it sort of firsthand. I was like, yeah. oh, what the hell is this? This is horrific. People didn't realize. My assessment, um, the police weren't really doing anything. You can take from that what you will, but mm. they on there. Yep. Um, then in on, on doing blockchain analytics, because you're seeing stuff for, you know, attribution for human trafficking and that sort of stuff, where they're using uh, crypto to launder their funds, right, as part of their industry. And that's just one of many, many different uh, forms of criminality that are associated with, um, well, that they use the blockchain to, to, to launder through because no one's really going after them. Um, it's, yes, you've got an open ledger where everyone can see the transactions taking place, but unless someone's following and, and doing the work, um, they're getting away with it so on that's a vast the, scale. That's what the difficulty I think is, and it's sometimes difficult for people to understand how this yeah. works because when you move assets on a blockchain, you can see where they go, but yeah. you can't see who's behind it. Nope. So it's sort of very odd to think that you can see money move, but as to who's receiving it and sending it, you're not sure, right? So. My understanding is a lot of the, the the human trafficking world, sex slavery, all that sort of stuff, they launder money yeah. and then cash it out, certainly at some of the larger exchanges. Yeah. And it's got to the point now where there are places around the world whereby um, it's almost like, I think maybe Mills is maybe the wrong word, but it's it's people being 
and this is, is, is horrible, but people being sold into slavery, yeah. given a script and essentially calling people up or yes. social engineering so that people are defrauded out of their money. Yeah. And then that is like a mini business where there is uh, almost targets. You have to extract X amount of money from this person and or, or, or victims of fraud. And that money goes straight to organized criminal gangs yeah. so that um, there are two sets of victims. There's someone in, say, the UK who's been defrauded. Yep. And then there's someone in, say, Cambodia, Myanmar, who's been human trafficked there, is part of this, this ring, whatever it may be. Yep. And then they're also the victims. Yes, exactly that. Have you seen any of that? Is that yeah, been- yeah. I mean, um, it's... So we're doing the blockchain analytics. You know, you'll have a victim who's been um, defrauded, which is horrific. Mm-hmm. And um, a big learning curve for me is dealing with the victims mm-hmm. uh, on one-to-one basis. Um, quite often, they've obviously come to you and I when they've realized that something's wrong. Mm-hmm. But they sometimes don't always fully believe it's fully wrong. Yeah. And they continue to pay. Yeah. Um, and I've had people from all walks of life go through this, including a few lawyers. You know, you're not impervious to it. Um, but it's then trying to convince, look, this is completely fake and 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 with the romance scams adds another level there where you've got someone who's generally fallen in love with someone mm-hmm. um on an online online profile and then i've got to explain to them oh, actually that those images are actually from this probably even ai by now ai generated AI started it has yeah. started yeah. i've had someone who's, who's been talking to yeah it started out as images i could see they were from uh, an open instagram account mm. and they've created an ai bot and had a zoom call for half an hour wow the victim um it was a little bit glitchy, but she'd put it down to the um, connection, like, right? You know, it's just, it, but it's there, it's happening. So, crap. But you see how bad it is from just a WhatsApp chat. Imagine now with a, the power of manipulation um, from this sort of stuff, it's going to be bad. Well, I was at a conference the other day and they asked me what AI, what role AI has in all this. It's yeah. like fake videos, yep. voices. Yeah. You know, this is, I mean, let, let's give by example for people who, who may not be able to contextualize this. Rob and I worked on a case. Still ongoing, so so not too many details. But a lady um, lost her husband, um, received um, some funds on her husband's ins- life insurance policy, um, was feeling um, a particular way, and went on Facebook to try and um, um, resolve her feelings, and ended up joining a group on Facebook called "I Miss My Husband," amongst others, and over a period of time was socially engineered. Um, to trust this person um, to the point where she ended up giving him some cash and all of a sudden it doubled, win trust, and then it moved to it moved to WhatsApp, didn't it? We've yeah. we've dealt with with some of the WhatsApp um, communications and she lost six figure sums yeah. in uh, an asset called Tether, which is a stable coin um, pegged, supposedly pegged, pegged, depends how you want to call it, to the dollar. Um, and Rob and I have an active investigation on that and it's still going and that's just one example of how many different scams that you have to deal with yeah whereby there is some sort of romance or 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 feeling i remember years ago there was a case and there were these two ladies who got scammed it was really it didn't really go anywhere they got scammed and they said they found a guy on the world's most secure dating website i'm not entirely sure i'd log into the world's most secure i don't know why that's a tagline like yeah, yeah. security um but does that not go to show that that's probably where lots of criminal activities lie? I mean, it's all different start points from a cold call message. Yeah. You know, hey, how are you doing? I'm such and such. Um, you know, you just get chatting. And it's not just blokes, it's females as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
that's the sort of start point that they're in. And the flash to bang from going from the, the initial contacts to asking them to start investing on their trading platform mm -hmm. isn't very long sometimes. Um, so the psychology of it works very, very well. Um, I think this, this, a lot of this started during COVID. There's a perfect storm for it, where you've got a lot of people sat around, bored, lonely, um, made a bit of money under the mattress, and, and you know, away it goes from yeah. there. Um, but it, it's continued um, on a daily basis where they are making so much money from this, um, where they're convincing you to invest on what you think is a real trading platform. Yep. Um, but the reality of it is, and certainly that case we'll talk about there, I've done the follow, and then the individuals who have unmasked at the end are not <laughs> legitimate in any way, shape, or form. Well, you've got uh, different tiers, right? You've got uh, people who are clearly involved with the OCG. Then you've got organized criminal gangs. Yeah, organized criminal yeah. gangs. That's for my dad. He's not going to follow us. Yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> it's all right. It's a military thing. You use we're called TLA, three <laughs> yeah. abbreviations. Yeah. Um, and then the, what we're called money mules, right? Effectively slaves who are forced to do it, mm. usually at gunpoint. Um, I mean, just for one example there, you uh, that one off the top of my head, there was like a Cambodian student, 22. Yeah, she seemed extraordinarily rich for... Yeah. Three, I think it was like 3 million in six weeks yeah. gone through her account, which, you know, that was here. It'd be SARS. I'd have my door put through. You know, Rob, what are you doing? Have you won the lottery or is it drugs? <laughs> you know, no, what is this? But gets away with it. And that's the point that takes us back to sort of modern day slavery because yeah. those are the individuals, the, the, the sort of money mules who end up being kidnapped and in... Yeah as you say, Myanmar and, and Cambodia and other, other countries, countries around the world. Yeah. And they are used to uh, not only receive the money, but then cash it out. Yeah. A lot of the time, they're large exchanges. Yeah. And that's why I think, again, I'm going to have to be sort of semi-careful here, mm. but um, some of the allegations made against some of the large exchanges recently yes. where, um, were relating to exactly that. Yep. So in my, I hope that the people in that group who I was not very subtly debating and listening to this yeah, yeah. And hopefully can draw some other conclusions, but yeah. is a massive issue relating to bond slavery, yep. um, sex exploitation, and it's just victims everywhere. I mean, yeah. I, I wonder whether we know who's at the top. God is. But that's another yeah. issue in itself, isn't it? Because you have to then, it's not only about following the money and finding out who's got it, but yeah. who's above those money mules, right? And I guess that's part of your job. The strings. And it is, it's trying to get a more strategic mm -hmm. overview of, how these things are being operated. Um, and yeah, there's some of the insane amounts. So you, you've got, I mean, one example of a, a case recently where I've got, I followed the funds, 22 different addresses. Yep. In total, they've received over $1.6 billion of crypto just over a year. That's not normal. Like that, that is insane volumes of funds going through. So the beauty of the blockchain, you can see all activity. Yeah. And you can see, um, again, total up. Yeah, this account has had, so Crystal will tell me, yeah. click on address. It's had this much tether go through it in, in this amount of time, which is, you know, for example, like three million in six weeks for that Cambodian student. That is not normal. <laughs> but these, uh, what, what some of the exchanges may say was, oh, but you're getting confused because what you're yeah. doing is you're seeing our uh, exchange addresses. You're seeing the pooled funds. And no, it's obviously, no. yeah, this and is someone there. like you is going to know, no, 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 that's, yeah. that's an individual yeah. account. Individual account. Yeah. Um, and then point A to point B, so the start point being the fraudster's wallet, the mm -hmm. end point being where I get to isn't just straight one transaction. If I send you one Bitcoin, I give it to one directly. What the bad guys will do is send it around houses. Yeah, right? and they'll split it up. Yes, Yeah. Yeah. and, and the, the attribution from that, I can then see, oh my goodness, this isn't just, this one scam or hack, it's actually linked to funds with all sorts of stuff and it's like a horror story. Um, 
and they will use this service to like a big sack and then just divvying out the funds amongst the OCG. And then maybe the top tier or maybe the money mules are then cash out and go and give it, um, you know, forced a gunpoint to the handoff. You know, you've got to make your own. I threw up in source intelligence when we get the disclosure from the exchanges and go, yeah. uh, who is this person? And it's normally not even the right person. No, fake IDs. We get yeah. a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, you and I have seen it together. You get uh, a one, two, three, F you at protonmail.com. Exactly. I mean, is that helpful? No. I mean, to, my, to some extent it is because it's an email address that at least you can send something to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for court process. But is that the real person? Probably not. No. I mean, you get a lot of these sort of fake Cambodian yeah. IDs, don't you? Yeah, I think we've had one with didn't even have our last name on the passport. Didn't have a last name. <laughs> it's like, passport okay. number was 88, eight, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's just absurd. Yeah. So I think personally, the exchanges should be doing a lot more. Yeah. I think there was one exchange I, I called. We got the disclosure from them and we said, well, how do you know that this KYC is is relevant? How do you even know that they're... I think the, part, the, the passport was from Britain or something and then right. the country of origin was... Cambodia. So where'd you get that from? They said, oh, we just we just took their word for it. Filled in a form, Dropbox, done. Yeah, That's yeah, fair enough, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, crack on. And yeah. it's just absurd. I mean, again, this is, I'm, I'm very cynical to some of the large exchanges who allow yes. people to deal with them for not doing proper KYC, for not doing the relevant AML. Yeah. And you and I see that firsthand, don't we? Absolutely. And when, and when you've got, even without the attribution that Crystal gives, just having one, you know, 20 odd people with 1.6 billion go through their accounts in total. Like, come on, that's not normal. That should be red flagged on it, on its own. But then you you start adding the attribution. Yeah, like it's come from hasn't come from Rob to Matt. It's come from all over the place, uh, in very quick succession, in large volumes. Mm. Um, it's yeah, this is not normal behaviour. Before we move on to some of the successes, because there are successes in recovering stuff that yeah. you and I have seen. I was a little bit, I was going to say haunted, and I think that is the right word. Hmm by some of the things that certainly you've uncovered to me yep. about Eastern Europe, uh, uh, Eastern Asia. Yes. Are you happy to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I can, yeah. I'll talk in a roundabout way, just in the back of my mind, just watching. <laughs> um, it, or maybe not watching. Probably um, not. No. They're, well, I mean, that part of the world. So these, I'll give this sort of more context of how these things, we sort of alluded to it. You'll turn, you go to Thailand, you'll turn up for a job. You may have come from a little village in, in Laos or Cambodia. Yeah. Go to Thailand, turn up for a job in a fish market. You, as you arrive, no, you ain't working in a fish market. Guns of the head, you're coming with me. Cross the border to Myanmar, you're in that scam compound. Uh, and they are done on an industrial scale with tower blocks, barbed wire fence, armed guards, um, and you are forced to scam. And you'll have one operator, uh, one slave effectively, with 50 phones laid out, and they're, they're scammed away. So they're on WhatsApp, and these are the... These are the guys who are scamming victims that we deal with in the UK. Yeah, yeah. And that's part of that modern day slavery we're talking yes, about. And they've got like quotas. They have to re reach a certain amount or they get beaten with electric batons and that sort of stuff. Now, what I found over the weekend was when I, mess I messaged you and sort of showed you something which probably disturbed you as it disturbed me. Yeah. It takes a lot to sort of unsettle me, I think. Um, but it was, what the hell is this? There's one scam compound and below it, just on Google Maps, yeah. is a human organ transfer center. But well, that's what Myanmar. it's called, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what it's called. You look, click on it and look. I mean, already I know that, that what that it really is. Yeah. You click on it and you got the reviews there about people in poor English saying I lost a kidney and that sort of stuff. And it's right next to the scam compound. That that's no coincidence. And you know what's going on there where yeah, you're just a they're just those people are just a commodity. Yeah, harvesting. The the people running these these scams and that sort of stuff are the lowest forms of life going. It is and that's saying something. Yeah. 
This is pure, pure evil. So how does the market then, or, or at least our industry, right? Yep. How does it get better? Because you're always going to have bad players, and to say yeah. bad players is an incredible understatement. How do we do better? Take it out from being the Wild West yeah. and clean it up and stop allowing that these accounts can be set up with fake IDs or even with genuine IDs, but having that volume, have mm. those tools, right? Crystal blockchain is one, um, which will alert you. Now, I use it for an investigation tool, but they also have mm. compliance software as mm. well. And go, whoa, hold on, red flag. You know, what is this? This isn't normal behavior. Mm. And then stop it, squeeze that stuff out, make them go else, you know, and, and make it more difficult. It's far too easy to make an insane volume of money through crime in a minute, from what I see. And from what I see from you as well, it's yeah. absurd. Yeah. These people are just receiving billions. Yes. I guess it's a matter of making sure that KYC, AM, AML, whatever other checks yep. are in place. I mean, you go, you try and set up a bank account now, you've got to say three figures into the camera, move your head and all this. Yeah. The exchanges aren't doing that. No. And it, like with AI now as well, you know, you say about moving the head yeah. one way around, if you think is to get them to turn their head fully round, yeah. but that would be counters, you know. That, yeah, easy. Um, and that sort of, but yeah, seeing seeing the types of KYC coming back, it's just like, really? Is that all you've got on this individual? And you're allowed, and, and that volume, let alone the attribution, that sheer volume coming in didn't raise any red flags. Come on. But, but they're not, some of the exchanges are not being held liable for that. That's the difficulty. Yes. So there should be, uh, there was a, a, a lady at Reuters who I was speaking to about this the other day, um, Rachel Walcott, who's, who's been publishing a few articles about a few interesting, mm. interesting firms. And, and, and there was a, a point she made where it was almost like there should be liability for failing to prevent some sort of scam. Yeah. And I think that's probably right. If it's so obvious, yeah. and yet Despite, in, in spite of the fact that it's so profitable for some of these exchanges, it should be a crime to allow it to happen. It just needs yeah. someone brave enough to figure out what that looks like. And I think it's not just exchanges as well. It's, it's how, how they start in the first place is with the WhatsApp, they'll use VoIP numbers. And sometimes it'll be one-time use. Mm -hmm. There are firms in the UK that are assisting with those. Um, and so WhatsApp themselves need to say, hold on, if you haven't got, you know, you're setting a number up with a VoIP number and that sort of stuff, stop. Um, the social media platforms as well is the example you gave where um, a woman was approached by mm -hmm. a clearly a fake um, account, which is just stolen images from another legitimate account. Mm -hmm. That legitimate account had no clue. It was nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. and I see that on a daily basis where they'll just take images from everywhere. It doesn't matter. Um, and uh, and that sort of stuff. So it's, it's those initial start points and 100% exchanges need to step up and stop this. Is there an area of the world where you see this happen a lot? Because from my experience, my original yeah. case, AA was, it was a guy in Russia and he was yeah. perfectly innocent driving around in armored cars, as you do. But then a lot of it has been Asia, East Asia. Yeah, there's sort of two, two sets to this, but they all merge as well, which um, I've sort of identified recently. You've got, uh, there's a great BBC documentary called The Billion Dollar Scam. It's on YouTube and iPlayer. Mm -hmm. And they've nicknamed the group there called the Milton Group. And they tend to do more sort of fake adverts and that sort of stuff. They've even been um, fake advertising on football teams in the UK. Um, less of the sort of romance. And I hate the term pig butchering because it's a horrible term. But romance scams tend to be Far East. And they'll target Westerners um, with stolen images and that sort of stuff to you know, pretty young ladies or, or, or mm. men. So 
enticing that sort of thing. So there are two distinct entities. However, the laundering process. Yeah. 100%. Um, Lots of crossover. Yeah. And I guess you can see that. Yeah. Through Crystal. In a way, then, let's talk about some of the successes because there are successes. People have got their assets back. And it's through, from my world at least, through the courts. Yeah. But it's not, and there are success stories through the courts. A lot of my cases have settled that we're going through certain processes right now, thanks to, 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 to you. Um, but there are others where people have got results purely by reaching out to certain exchanges. So they've done, they've gone to you, they've gone, Rob, we need you to trace my funds. They've ended up at exchange X. Mm. And then they've somehow got their funds back. Normally the exchanges say, go yeah. away yeah, yeah. in in come back with a court order come back with yeah. a court order or something like that but some people have managed to not do that yeah is there any inclination your end as to why and the answer may well be i don't know but i don't know yeah it's 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 hard to understand what's happening on the other end other than what i'm seeing a lot of is hiring very expensive law firms to try and battle for some whatever reason well you can pay for expensive law firms when yeah. you've got lots of money used exactly, from yeah there's law firms with no moral compass. Yeah, I, it's difficult, right? Because law firms are paid by their client, and it's unless they are on some sort of list or red flags yeah. are raised, it can be it can be difficult. Yeah, but um, I'm fully aware that there are instances whereby major players have to use a horribly American firm lawyered up, yeah. and then that has not helped the industry at all. I, no. I don't think that's something that you disagree with. No, and it's it's. Can you look yourself in the mirror in the morning and your moral compass? Is it true? Um, when you're looking at all these things we're talking about, from <clears throat> human organ harvesting, Christ, to human trafficking, you know, uh, and, and everything else that's associated with this stuff, um, protecting it, you know, and allowing it to happen. But it's money, isn't it? Yeah. Because you think about it, some of the big exchanges they make a lot of money helping, whether knowingly or not. I would say that they probably have at least constructive knowledge of it, but they know what's going on because guess what? They're changing that, say, tether into dollars or yeah. whatever dong, yeah, yeah. and then they're taking some commission out of it, yeah. right? So money, Absolutely. unfortunately, does talk in this instance. Yes, yeah, and they do tend to do strange things like we'll swap uh, USDT for USDC, and we do them one for one. What's the point? Um, and that's but you want your USDC asset, right? You want yeah. that. It's yeah. really important. Yeah. And it's, they, they do tend to like the, the stable coins, uh, for sure. I mean, they use Bitcoin, I think, because people have heard of it. Mm. They, I'd say most of it is um, stable coins are used. What happened to Monero? Yeah, I know, yeah. But, I don't know where that went. Yeah. It sort of was... I sort of, it, it appears on my radar sometimes. Yeah. Um, still used. Still used, yeah. Because I find that a, more so Tether is used. I know there's been some reports out recently about... Um, organized criminal gangs using Tether. I'd love to be able to speak to Tether and find out what it yeah. is that they're doing about it. I'm, yeah. I would like to think that they're doing something. Yeah. But it's certainly been flagged. I mean, what's your view of it? Have you seen anything from Tether or? or is yeah, it... th th I think there's, there's something out recently where they've shut down um, a load of accounts linked to slavery, human trafficking, um, in hundreds of millions of dollars worth. Um, so, yeah, I think they are. That's a positive thing. Yeah, it's hugely. Absolutely, 100%. Um, but again, it's a drop in the ocean. But it's a start. It's a start, which is a good start. Um, but yeah, this is so I'm, I'm sort of to my own attribution and, and known addresses and that sort of stuff, what I'm seeing from my own investigations mm -hmm. and then seeing how, you know, a fraud and a hack are actually emerged, you know, into who's behind it and who's laundering the funds. Mm. Um, and that sort of stuff, which you, know, you and I have been working on recently, yeah. um, where there is commonalities that I'm, I'm starting to identify.
and how the, the bad guys are doing the things. And how are you, this may be a massively unfair question, but I put it on the piece of paper to warn you. Go on. How are you finding the English judicial system with all of this? Because yeah. we have to go to court, right? And we have to use your, yeah, yeah. your information. Yeah. Do you feel like judges are treating this all fairly? Do you think lawyers are misleading people? Or do you feel like it's a good system? Well, I only work with the best, Matt, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's... I, I, so my from from I I try and attend court hearings as much as possible, even though I'm not not on the stand or anything like that. Just for my own situation awareness, um, and that goes from military background where yes, I was a radio operator, but I also want to know what the guy in front of me is doing mm-hmm. left and right, etc. Mm-hmm. In case something happens, but you're not going to get taken out, hopefully. So I'm not going to step up into your shoes, but it means that what I'm providing you is the right ammunition for your job. If I have a full understanding of how the court process works and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and certainly with my reports, I got told by one of the barristers was to say, hey, Rob, can you write Noddy Does Crypto? You know, how mm-hmm. it, what is crypto? Not in a childlike form, but... Um, it just explained the basics, right? So a basics, judge... Basics, yeah. The yeah. basics of how crypto works and how normally, if I send you one Bitcoin, it looks like that. Yeah, yeah. Now, and then go on to, this is how the bad guys are doing it, and that's how it ends up looking like a big scatter graph and just <laughs> chaos, right? Um, but my my methodology, explain my methodology, yeah, um, and that sort of stuff how I got to those endpoints that we're trying to then freeze and get disclosure for all and et cetera. Yeah. Um, so long answer to your question is sort of, yeah, I, I, I see it, it is working well from my side of things. It is slow. Yeah. Um, but that's not always due to the courts. Quite often it's due to exchanges. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with you. I mean, the judges do the best they can. Yeah. But I think that sometimes, I mean, I, I, I gave you a loaded question there because that's how I feel. Mm. Um, I personally feel like sometimes the positions of exchanges are slightly misrepresented. Again, I was at a conference the other day and someone asked, I think this was a barrister as well, so they're obviously putting this to courts. What do big institutional regulated exchanges like X, how do they fit in? Mm. And I'm saying, which ones are those? (laughs) Like a bank. I mean, there's hundreds of years of banking law to protect us to some extent. I'm sure people will have their own views on it. Protect us from certain issues. Do the exchanges enjoy those same laws? I mean, sometimes they cherry pick. I've heard in court certain counsel refer to exchanges as a bank, and that, to some extent, gives the judge an image in their mind of what this looks yeah, like. Well, where's the SARS then? Where's all the red flags that should be coming Well, out, precisely. You know, to get, give to the law enforcement to say, hey, this, this guy's had X amount going through his account. It looks weird. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably want to go and have a chat. <laughs> Which is <laughs> the nicest way to put yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask you, we, we skipped over one, and it was, again, my friend Jack asked me to ask you when I told him about it, I told him that I was sitting down with you. Okay. How do you go from jumping out of planes, Yeah. huge adrenaline rush, Yeah. to sitting behind a desk? I need an outlet sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I enjoy the hunt. Yeah. I enjoy the, the thrill of going after, looking to... Uh, exploit the mistakes. Mm. So I enjoy the online hunt, but mm. every now and then I step away from my desk and go on my ridiculously fast motorbike and go. Oh yeah, you got your bike, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to sort of get, not, not in the current weather, is a bit yeah. <laughs> crap, but um, yeah, need, need an outlet or paddleboarding, kayaking, or just being with the kids. What a lovely answer. Yeah, I throw it in at the end. Just <laughs> <laughs> <'cause they're watching. laughs> All right, well, thanks very much, Rob. Yeah, no, appreciate it. Cool.